Was there much of a school psychologist available to the two of you? I thought you were saying it was a bathroom. <laughs> but doesn't that give you more surface area and more angles where splashing could happen? Is Oh, this is going to be amazing. Why are there so many frame shops? Starbucks ruined pumpkin pie for everyone. You have to have a great sandwich, Kurt. What? No, no, no. No, yes. Yeah, yeah. Did you not hear that part? What do you think a lunula is? Time for Smart Dribble, everyone. Kurt Schneider here. This is John Ellenthal. That started off like a little computery and then ended up like a bird in pain. You know why? I figured that is where technology and the natural world have started to collide these days. It's like Bill Gates meets Ansel Adams, I think, is what I was going for. John, what are we talking about today? I'll tell you what we're talking about today. Okay. We are going to take a stroll, a meander, a traipse through a wonderful main street in America. And we're going to see what we're sort of like, you know, in a Truman show, we're going to create a main street and we're going to stroll down the middle of it and create different stores. So what would we like to see on main street? This is the ideal main street for a town that we would want to live in. So we are the town planners, and we get to decide what shops end up populating our main street. Is that the idea? Yes, that's exactly right. And I think the very first one, of course, will be all Crocs all the time. So we can wear Crocs. (laughs) Do you own a pair of Crocs, Kurt? Not anymore. Oh, I can go one better than you. I have never owned a pair of Crocs. And when you own that pair of Crocs that you own no longer, did you put those silly little things in that what are those not, anyway? I don't know, but my kids did. They were called like Croc Bits or something. They had a name. They were accessories for Crocs. As if Crocs you know what that Crocs. was, John? Accessory, a line extension. Capitalism. Oh, okay. And speaking of capitalism, let's talk about our Main Street. Since you came up with the topic, Kurt, I'm going to let you go first. What is the first store or place that you would want to have on Main Street in the Kurt Schneider town? A great dive bar. That sounds good. So tell me a little bit about the atmosphere in your dive bar. A dive bar, and this is kind of interesting, a dive bar has gravitas, though they'd never say that word in a dive bar. In fact, but it it's has completely antithetical to the notion of a dive bar. True, but it has it. There's no airs put on. You walk in, there's probably sawdust on the floor. There's that shuffleboard game in the corner, which you put cornstarch down and you take the disc and you throw the the disc down to play shuffleboard. There might be a dartboard in the back. There is a lot of beer on tap. There's a great bar that you actually can sit on and there's enough room for people there. And then there's tables if you want to sit there and talk. There's a beautiful old mirror behind the bar. And of course, a great jukebox. And they no doubt specialize in gin martinis and gin and tonics. Ooh, wouldn't that be nice? Well, a dive bar. And does the dive bar have much of a food menu? Well, I think it should have both vegan and non-burgers because you're going to be there with me. There can't be like jalapeno poppers on the menu, Kurt. No, but there's going to be wings, John. I'm sorry to say. Wings are okay. That's bar-like. But I'm against like potato skins, like twice-cooked potato skins and little bacon bits. At your age, you can't be consuming thousands of calories per hour. Agreed. 
Agreed. I don't think I'm going to eat much of it. I think I'll have, you know, a few beers and that's, that's it. You know, you like, so we're in it. We have a dive bar. I think that's sort of an anchor on main street. All right. When you walk into your dive bar, Kurt, do they yell out your name or some nickname for you? Like it's cheers like Kurt. So I have a story to tell you about that, John. When I graduated college, I worked at an ad agency in New York city and the president of that ad agency was an alumnus of the same school I went to, Dartmouth College. And he said, it was two years I was out of school. And he said, Kurt, we're going to go up to Dartmouth and we're going to recruit kids to come work for our ad agency. You're going to fly up with me. We're going to give a presentation. Then we're going to interview all these kids. I said, okay, I'm two years out of school. We go up, we have give our presentation that the night, the next day, we each interview 14 kids. We are exhausted. We come out of there. He says, oh, let's go get a beer. I said, great. So we start walking to get a beer. He said, listen, you graduated two years ago. I said, yep. He said, anyone remember you? I said, what do you mean? He goes, you know, your professors, anyone like your teachers or anything? I said, no, no one remembers me. No, no. We walk into the bar and both bartenders, Perky and Spike say, Kurt, how are you? That didn't go over too well. Perky and Spike. Yeah. Were those their given names, Kurt? Uh, One was, I think his name was Don Perkins. Uh, and Spike was Spike. Okay. So so they remembered you, Kurt. That was a problem, John, and my professors did not. That reminds me of a story that relates to my senior year in high school. You know how you have a favorite teacher? Yeah. My friends and I had a favorite teacher, and he taught because he loved to teach, and it showed. I think his wife was from money, so he really did it for the love of it. And we get our yearbook senior year, which is a big deal. And you go up to your favorite teacher and say, hey, Mr. Barrett, will you sign my yearbook? Well, I'm with two friends, my two closest friends. We took a class with him senior year. He takes friend number one's yearbook, opens it up, takes a long time, writes a long note, hands the book back to my friend. So nice. Friend number two hands Mr. Barrett his yearbook, long time, long note, very thoughtful, hands it back. So nice. Takes my yearbook, writes something quickly, hands it right back. I opened it up, and all it said was, John, I will remember you, Dan Barrett. Wow. Yeah. Is that good or bad? I don't know, but I've chosen to take it as a compliment uh, as the years have gone by. So you're walking out of the bar, John. Yes. You're turning right onto Main Street. What's your next store? Front. When I thought of these stores, I kept coming up with food everywhere I turned. On my main street, Kurt, there is going to be a great taco shop. I love tacos, Kurt. I could eat tacos three meals a day. You like tacos, Kurt? I love tacos, but why do you like them so much? Is it, do you like, by the way, do you like corn or flour or hard or soft shells? I like hard corn, which is probably not the authentic way, but for some reason, remember those commercials when we were growing up? I don't know if it was Ortega. Someone would yell out, I like making them. And someone would then yell out, I like eating them. And they were talking about tacos. No. You remember that, Kurt? Oh, man, no. what a childhood you led. I'm so sorry. Anyway, I love tacos. I like crunchy tacos. And now, is this a stand or a whole storefront? Because we don't have Main Street's not that long. Maybe not in your Main Street, but I'm going to have a taco shop, Kurt. Okay. And right next to it is going to be a Cajun food shop. I thought you were saying it was a bathroom. <laughs> well, we should have really nice, accessible, clean, 
public bathrooms, Kurt, on our main street, don't you think? With those Japanese toilets that are like, and they have this covering that comes on it. And they, in Japan, you ever sit on the bathrooms? It's like going out to the moon. Yeah, I, I have experienced that mostly in Vegas where they have those toilets and you need like a master's degree to learn how to operate the toilet. Sometimes water's coming out, sometimes air's coming out. You're afraid you're going to flush your entire body down the toilet if you don't do it right. So I actually wrote a fictional story in sixth grade. It was called Bathroom Past. And it was about me and my friend David Adesani. And we would go into the past by going to the boys' bathroom in junior high and flushing ourselves down the urinals. Oh, my. Was there much of a school psychologist available to the two of you? You know where I think you've actually truly made it in life? If you have your own urinal in your house. You know, I know people who've done that. So let's say you were redoing your house, Kurt. Yeah. You have sons, so yeah. that makes some sense. Would you actually put a urinal in your house? Not now, but at some point I would, because and I would get one of the urinals from like Nick Sorley's or Old Town Bar. Or Are something you thinking like of that. a single use or like a trough? Well, the troughs they have like in stadiums, they have those troughs, but I'm talking about single use porcelain that you can almost walk into. It's from the Gilded Age in New York. Why do you think they dump so much ice in those things, Kurt? What's the role of the ice? Is it to avoid splashing? Is it to get rid of ice? Is it to defeat odor? What's going on with the ice? 100% to avoid splashing. But doesn't that give you more surface area and more angles where splashing could happen? Yes, but you can go in the cracks. You know, it's interesting. When I was a bartender, (laughs) when I was a bartender first, and I was at a country club when I was about 17. What was your nickname as the bartender? Were you... By the way, when I didn't know what to make, I just made them very strong because no one has ever returned a drink for it being too strong. And they tell you to take, fill up the glass all the way with ice and then take the bottle of booze and pour it in circular form because that way there's still air pockets. You can get away with pouring less booze. So do you pour clockwise or counterclockwise or is it? Always clockwise. What if you're beneath the equator? Well, then it goes the other way. You're right. That's the problem, but that's fine. Okay, so next to my taco joint, it's a combination taco-cajun joint, the first of its kind. I really dig Cajun food, and we live in a part of the world where you cannot get Cajun food. I know, and you were in Memphis, and you loved it. Etouffee, gumbo, that's real eating, and that's just not a food that is widely available outside of the greater New Orleans area. So we're going to have a combination taco-gumbo place. As long as the bathroom is real close to it, we're okay. Anyway, so we have this great dive bar. We have the the first ever taco gumbo. What's next to it, Kurt? We're going to get a little erudition onto Main Street. We're going to have a bookstore because, as you've said in other podcasts, you love to be surrounded by books. You don't read them, but you love to be surrounded by them. That's true. And there so is- we're going to have a bookstore. But this bookstore, you know, the question is, what's going to be in it? There's got to be books on travel. Travel books are are just so stimulating. Photography books, photography books, you know, of New York City or Walker Evans Dust Bowl pictures, poetry books. And there must be a coffee bar in there, Kurt, yes? And there have to be really comfortable chairs like armchairs and wing chairs to sit in. And it's perfectly okay to sit there for two or three hours enjoying a book. It's perfectly okay to fall asleep in the chair. No one's going to wake you up. You can read as much as you want in there. Here's the other thing I think would be very cool. Game boards. In the bookstore. Yeah, like backgammon. In the bookstore. Yeah, because the whole idea is it's a place where you can dwell for extended periods of time. 
you can feel comfortable, you can feel at home, you can engage your mind, you can be social, you can compete. You know why Starbucks took off? You go get a taco and dip it in your gumbo next door. Do you know why Starbucks took off? It's the third place. Correct. Howard Schultz said it's the third place. You have your home, you have your office, and you have Starbucks. And while that's true, gender that. And while that's true and brilliant, you can't possibly have a homey feeling in a place that is stepped and repeated thousands of times across the earth. So ours will be the anti-Starbucks third place, which is not to say I don't enjoy Starbucks. I do, but it's really going to feel like it's unique to that town and unique to the people, the, the personality of the people who patronize it. Are you going to play Tom Hanks in uh, You've Got Mail? I'm not. Oh, going. no, that's Meg Ryan. Sorry, Meg Ryan. But he owned the bookstore. No, he was the big, bad Barnes & Noble guy. Uh, I got it. So she was the local bookstore owner. All right. Well, we'll have to role play that some other time once we've cleared that up. So if we are going to be a full-fledged American town, what would have to be next door is a frame shop. Now, I don't want a frame shop in our little town, but why are there so many frame shops? In every strip mall in America, there is a frame shop. What is everyone getting framed? I have no idea. What is people's obsessions with getting framed? I agree. No, but how could there be enough business to have a frame shop on every corner, in every town, in every strip mall in America? I could not agree with you more. And I don't know what people are framing. You know what? It could be that they're taking pictures of their family and then they're in black and white and sepia and color. And then they're framing them and putting them all the way up the stairs as they go up to their stairs. Even if they were, Kurt. There are not enough people to keep all of those frame stores busy. And maybe sold. they're maybe they're pressing flowers and framing those. Okay, Kurt. What is next to? Is it my turn to decide? What's yeah, but we, we are agreeing that the frame store is not there. The frame store is not there. How about how about this? It's there, and then it goes out of business in one day. Okay. Well, I don't know that how that serves us, unless there's some sort of Schadenfreude we would get from watching a frame store fail. But that's not something I'm into at this stage of my life. But we use that word in borrowed foreign words. It means joy in someone else's misery. Kurt, there has to be a combination sporting goods, sportswear store. We need to go get all of the balls and equipment, and we need all the clothing that goes with it so it can look like we actually do those sports, when of course we don't. I love that idea. And I think right next to it, as you go through, maybe it's connected because you can try on some stuff. How about this, John? How about right next to it is, oh, this is going to be amazing. We're going to call it the James Bond experience. Huh? Why don't we put it at 007 Main Street? Okay. And you're in this James Bond experience. And when you go in, you can pick sort of which one you want to do. You can do a virtual reality where you're chasing someone and you're actually in the car itself and you have virtual reality driving, and then you're shooting something, and then you meet Q, and you get some sort of invention. You get to, and you spend, it's like an escape room, but you're actually putting on the stuff. It's half virtual reality, half augmented reality, and half doing it yourself. Are you okay? I'm very excited for this idea. Yes. Uh, so we're going to invent an entirely new virtual reality experience that is based around you being James Bond inside. With gin instead of vodka. I was going to go a bit more conventional on the entertainment front, a little bit of a throwback. Give it we to have me. to have a great movie theater, not a chain movie theater, but a movie theater like in Cinema Paradiso, a real 
center of the town. It's going to have really comfortable chairs. It's going to have great snacks. And we're going to have both the popular films and the films that would normally play at the arts theater because there isn't enough demand for them. We're going to have them there too. And foreign films, things of that, that nature. We're going to have a movie theater, Kurt, right in the middle of town. Could we also have like pick a night every Tuesday night? We have sort of the our great movies from our youth night. So we watch Fletch one Tuesday, Caddyshack the next Tuesday, Animal House the next Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so we'll have Throwback Tuesdays or Throwback Thursdays. I think it works better as Thursday, John, the alliteration. Because you got the throw and the thaw. I'm with you. So we'll have Throwback Thursdays and the townspeople will, actually not the townspeople, you and I will decide. We will program the theater on Thursdays so that we can make sure the town has the same cultural reference frames that we do. So all of our stupid inside jokes will make more fun to more people. When are we moving to this town? I'm very excited. It would be nice. But this town is missing some really important staples. So why don't you give me another? Well, I would love it if our town had, and it's very tough for a small town to have a museum, but I would love our town to have a museum. And the museum, I would like it to be incredibly eclectic. Part of it would house art, and maybe there'd be rotating art we can get in from other museums that we can do some trades and or borrowing. But it also can be a museum of the land, wherever we're from. It can be artifacts that maybe like Indiana Jones would have found for us. So it would be art. It would be artifacts. It would be historical fragments or historical relics all in this museum. Well, you're clearly excited about that, but I don't really want to go to the museum, but I'm happy for you to have a museum. I am willing to go to the gift shop in the museum as long as that has fun stuff. But And of course, there's nothing wrong with museums, but in my ideal town, I'm not taking up valuable real estate before I get a great piece of pizza and a place to get a great sandwich. So I'm having a deli where you have your museum. You have to have a great sandwich, Kurt. What's the purpose of having a town that cannot produce a great sandwich? Are are you hungry? Because on your street, the small street so far, you're serving stuff in our dive bar. You're then having tacos. Then you're having Cajun food. Then you're having sandwiches. Then you're having pizza. Then you're having popcorn in the movie theater. I'm not sure you should record a podcast when you're hungry, John. You know what? The funny thing is I'm actually not that hungry, but it does speak to my priorities at this point in life. And I think there need to be there needs to be great eateries in any well, town. What I would like is a great diner that only oh. serves breakfast 24/7. Oh, so you're you're jumping on my food bandwagon. Well, I great. a greasy spoon of a diner. You know what else? Breakfast. It's breakfast all day, but wouldn't you want to have Yankee pot roast with mashed potatoes at some point during the day? Or apple pie Oh, at any time, right? Pumpkin pie year-round. What? No, no, no. No, yes, yeah, yeah. Who doesn't like pumpkin pie year-round? You know what? Starbucks ruined pumpkin pie for everyone. Okay, you don't have to take it so personally, but on behalf of everybody, I think we're okay with it. You're not required to order their pumpkin spice latte. It's a little too much now. Everyone does it, and they start it in August. Okay, so clearly we've on the against third rail nature. of diner menus. Uh, I think there's got to be the 222 breakfast by far, which is... Is that two pancakes, two eggs, two French toast? Well, it's two eggs, either two, e- either two French toast or two pancakes, 
and either two bacon or two sausage. What about two waffles and what about two pieces of toast? What about two cups of coffee? Waffles, yes. Coffee, unlimited. Toast, it's only, it has to be rye toast only. Oh, we need a coffee and, shop in our town. We need a <laughs> coffee shop in our town. You got coffee in the bookstore. What is with you? I think you need a standalone coffee place as well. Oh, boy. Maybe okay. Even with a drive through just because sometimes it's raining, Kurt, and you're in a rush. You know what's interesting? I've always been amazed. You go to New York City and you walk down the street. You say, how can so many different restaurants actually survive? And now I know. They just need you. How can they? They need you. You Apparently, that's all you want to do. But Kurt, just think, if we have these great food attractions, we're going to get a little traffic from neighboring towns. It's going to help everybody thrive economically. And our town will be a magnet, not in a way that makes it too crowded, not in a way that makes it too crowded, but in a way that makes it exceedingly, that creates great pride and economic gain for the townspeople of our town. And I walk into the bar and I can't get a seat at the bar because it's too crowded with people I I don't know. not too crowded. Did you not hear that part? You really do want jalapeno poppers with like cream cheese, which is incredible. no. I want the bar to be like have a zapper on the front. And I don't and want it's only people, onion either. It's only people I like can get through the bar, and I can zap them, and they can't go in. Kurt's bar. Way. We'll call it Kurt's bar, and you can decide. You can curate the customer base. So, Kurt, we probably have missed some really important. Like a grocery store would be good to have. Getting back, don't to- need it. What do you mean you don't need it? I know what I want. I know. No, no, no. I want an outdoor market like the kinds you see in Europe every day so that you can go buy the stuff you need fresh to make that day's lunch and dinner. I would like an open air market, a farmer's market type display year round. Okay. But I think we need to add hard goods to it too, that market. So you could go and get a fresh candle that's there. You could get some, some guy made some furniture in part of the market. You can get a leather belt. Yeah. Well, we probably do need some clothing as well. Well, that would be in the market. Can we have a trivia shop? Sure. What is a trivia shop, Kurt? You go in, they ask you trivia, you answer, and if you get it right, you get a prize. If not, you move on. I would like an arcade where you could play skee-ball and get those tickets out and then go buy stuff with it that you really, really want until you get it, and then you wonder why you really ever wanted it. I would like a candy store as well. Whack-a-mole? eat too much, but I think gumballs and Swedish fish and things like that by the way, what do you think a lunula is? A lunula is, at certain times of the month, the moon has this thing hanging off the bottom, sort of like the chin of the moon, and that's a lubula. <laughs> lunula. L-U-N-U-L-A, and you're very close. It does it have something with the, the moon. moon. Like a shadow. No, it is the half moon on the bottom of your fingernail. Not everyone has them. Oh, really? I have it. What percentage of Americans have or people have a lunula? 62 and a half. Clearly, you're making that up. But that's interesting. I think that that is a word for a part of the body that uh, the vast majority of people do not know. Well, now they do, John. Lunula. That's what Smart Dribble does. How are your lunula doing, Kurt? Mine are very healthy. Thank you for asking. Before someone gets into the bar, they should have their lunula checked. (laughs) All right. So we need to wrap up today's Stroll through Main Street. You think we missed anything super important? Well, we have a dive bar. We have a bookstore with a coffee shop. How about taco gumbo? I'm getting there. We got taco and gumbo. 
We have a movie theater. We have a coffee shop, a diner, a deli, a pizza place, a farmer's market. Boy, you are hungry. And then we're going to have a museum that I'm going to go to. And we're going to have a sporting goods store. And then we're going to have the James Bond experience. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds like a great town, Kurt. I wonder what we forgot that is some essential staple. Government building? No. So I like this place and I'd like to move there. And the problem is it's not going to be too crowded. So we have to figure out a way to welcome everyone while limiting them. You know, that sounds kind of Orwellian, doesn't it? That's a little bit like... uh, I think when you plan a community or plan a town, I think that kind of stuff enters into it. But we're going to have wide sidewalks, plenty of places to walk and sit and all that kind of stuff. Greenery, John, greenery. We may even ban car traffic on Main Street. People can walk behind it and they can walk around. We don't need to have a bunch of cars going up and down. So, Kurt, this seems like a great place. Cascading Rosemary. There was a pretty good chance we're never going to be asked to be town planners, but this was our best shot at it. (laughs) I love it. And by the way, let's ask you, our listeners, what would you have on Main Street? All right, John, I appreciated this and I really enjoyed this. And I'm sure you're very hungry now as I am because you got me hungry. So goodbye, everyone. And remember, Smart Dribble, where we promise the dribble. And hope for the smart. We'll be back next week with another episode of Smart Dribble. And I'm going to go get something to eat in my new town while Kurt goes to the museum. Oh, yes. And then I'm going to do the James Bond experience. And then I'm going to my bar where they're going to call me by my name. Kurt! Bye, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone.